Okay, the most common Hanukkah shilas that a rabbi gets or that uh, that are asked always relate to traveling. I'm a guest. I'm staying at this one's house tonight, and I'm eating here. There's a Hanukkah party. There's those are the uh, and very important to know how to deal with those questions. And you find great divergence in the poskim in terms of how to deal with those questions and whether what it means that makom achila gorem and uh, what you do if you're in a yeshiva and they have a rule that you can't light in the dorm or what you do if you're going to a chasana. You know, I was once asked a shaila that we're not going to discuss tonight by a chasana and kala. Chasana and kala is the most interesting shaila of the whole chasana because everyone else at the chasana has a home that they came from and that they're going back to. The chasana and kala had a home the day before the chasana and they woke up that morning they had a home they, they usually sleep in a hotel that night. The next day they're going to have a new home, but that night they're homeless. Right? They're in between homes. So it's a very interesting Shiloh. Normally, if you're not home, you could have the Gemara says, you could have someone light for you in your house. But what if you don't have a home? What if you're homeless? I mean, it's a, it's a good kind of homeless, I guess, on the night of your wedding. But when you get married, that's a, that's a Shiloh we're not going to get into. So I was thinking about which, which Hanukkah Shilohs would be the most interesting. And I realized that um, no one had asked me any Hanukkah Shilohs yet this year. It's, it's not Hanukkah yet. But I, so I looked back at some of my notes from last year. And um, I came across the following uh, couple of Shilohs, some of which I discussed in a different year, but I assume not everyone here has listened to every share I've ever given. So, uh, and I don't remember. So, uh, so the, the uh, w- one that I, that I never discussed before, but I was very excited to see a discussion of it this year in the new Sefer I just bought yesterday. Uh, someone called me up, a, a couple went away, I guess uh, last year, Hanukkah coincided with Thanksgiving which was a very unusual thing. But what that meant for a lot of people was, well, what it meant for me is I always go to Eretz Yisrael Thanksgiving. It meant that I couldn't go to Eretz Yisrael because I had to be home for Hanukkah for my kids. But what it meant for most other people was that it was very nice. People got to take vacation on Hanukkah. People who were working get off Thanksgiving and they got to take vacation. So a fellow called me up that he had, he had gone away with his wife for Thanksgiving weekend. They had gone away, I don't know if it was Thanksgiving weekend or whatever, whatever it was, they went away for Thanksgiving, and it was Hanukkah, and they were in some hotel somewhere over uh, over Thanksgiving, and I don't know what their plan was in terms of Neros Hanukkah. They didn't ask in advance what they should do in terms of Neros Hanukkah, but I got a call. They were in the hotel, and I, I think maybe they were planning on packing a small menorah and lighting in the hotel room and hoping that they wouldn't get caught with it or that it wouldn't set off any alarms. I'm not sure exactly what their, what their plan was in the, uh, in, in, in the hotel, but whatever it was, they didn't have a menorah. Uh, in, the, in the hotel room. They didn't have candles either. And it was in some remote location where there weren't really any places that they could go easily. Now, if they dro- drove a little bit, they can get somewhere where they can buy some candles. But in the hotel gift shop, they found scented candles in the hotel gift shop. So they figured if they're selling in the hotel gift shop, it shouldn't be a problem to light in the room. So he said, can I use scented candles for Nero's Hanukkah? So what's the Shiloh? Why is that a Shiloh? Where they can use what? Uh, so it's Asal Ishtamish Behem. The halach is in Shulchan Aruch, Asal Ishtamish Behem, Hanukkah, it's a Gemara. Not only that, even the Nosr Me Hashemen, it's Asal Ishtamish Behem, because it's Tzuksul and Mitzvah. So, but you're not allowed to be Mishtamish La'ore. You're not allowed to use the Or of the Ner Hanukkah. You're not allowed to get Hanah from the Ner Hanukkah. So maybe this is a problem, because it's going to smell up the whole hotel room with some... I don't know. I don't know what scented candles smell like, but I assume it comes in a variety of smells and flavors. So something very pleasant smelling, presumably. It's not like those uh, 
what do they call them? Those uh, those jelly bellies, bamboozled. Right? They're they're all they're all good flavors. They all they all smell nice. All the scented candles. So probably it's something that will give that will give some hana'a. So is there any any problem in terms of that? Smell is included in hana'a. Oh, so that's uh, that's that's one question. Is smell included in hana'a? Now generally, kol mar v'reich in b'mishum mi'ila. When it comes to the yisur mi'ila, being nena from hagdish, the gemara says kol mar v'reich. The hearing the the sweet sounds of hagdish, seeing the beautiful sights of hagdish, and smelling the good smells of hagdish is not a violation of mi'ila. But the uh, the using the light of the narchanical lechara is mara, and yet that's still considered to be a violation. It may not be mi'ila, but it's something. It's an isurishtamshus or some sort of israna. So maybe that israna would apply to the smell as well. What what other issue might we have? Yeah. Maybe the Ah, so one one svara to be makel is that the the ner is not producing the smell; it's some additive to the ner that's producing the smell. Meaning, the that which produces the smell is not that which helps it burn. It's uh, some, something they add to the wax to make it smell as the wax is burning. It's diff- a little difficult to say that when it's been combined as, uh, as, as, as one unit, when it's been made as a single candle, but maybe, maybe that's, uh, that's, that's a nice svara also. Uh, th- there may be another issue though, aside from the hana'a of the smell. When we light Neros Hanukkah, the whole point is, or one of the main inyanim of lighting Neros Hanukkah, is Prasumanisa. When someone drives by your house and they see a candle lit in the window, we dafka, the halacha says it, you dafka have to light it in a makom that's supposed to be somewhere where you don't need the light, where it's unusual. If you want light, normally you you'd put it high up, but Neros Hanukkah, what's the ideal makom for Neros Hanukkah, with intent fachim. So that's, uh, and that's not a place where you would normally put a light when you're interested in light, because when someone sees it, they should see, no, that's not for light, that must be that a person is trying to be mefarsim the nace. So it could be when you use scented candles, people light scented candles all the time. I don't know if people do all the time or not, I never lit a scented candle. But they, but perhaps people light scented candles for, definitely they don't light it for Neros Hanukkah usually, it's uh, it's living. They sell it in the hotel gift shop, so it's living in the hotel rooms. Apparently, I don't know, but it certainly doesn't look like Neros Hanukkah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so over here, they're in a hotel room anyway. So the Prasumanisa is amongst them anyhow. So everyone that, that sees it is going, to, uh, is going to understand what the candles are for. But it could be that's, that, that the, the Gedarim of the mitzvah are made in such a way where the mitzvah is supposed to be done in such a way that anyone should be able to tell, regardless of who's actually able to tell. Uh, whether, yeah. Wouldn't it be the same thing for any other candle? Like let's have a candle uh, by, by my window, a single candle, so right. So in general, th- there is a discussion, which again we're not going to have tonight. There is a discussion about whether it's important to have a menorah or a chanukiah. Is it okay to just light candles? Do you need to have a menorah? One of the issues that th- that's raised is that it's not evident that you're doing anything when you just light a candle. But if you have a menorah, everyone knows that surah. They see all over the place, you know, right next to the uh, the tree in all the public places. There's that surah of the menorah with the lights coming out of it. So everyone knows that that represents Hanukkah. The other issue when it comes to the, the to whether you need a menorah is the in the Avnei Nezer, where the Avnei Nezer claims that you need a menorah based on the... Um, if it's going to be a zecher to the way it was done in the Migdash, that you have to have a, uh, 
that, that it was with a kli. So we're not going to be able to to mimic that without without using without using a kli. There, there are posts that go both ways in that. Some of the posts can even want to be so machmir that they want to say those glass pre. Uh, it used to be when I was a kid there was no when I, when I was a young child when I was a kid I think these were invented or my parents started buying it at some point. But um, when I was a young child I remember we used to we used to pour the oil into the into, into these empty glasses and roll the wicks and put the wicks in the things to, to light. Sometimes we have those little floaty wicks that never really worked. And, you know, they, they, we had to set it up ourselves. Now, it's very easy. You buy these, the, they're, they're already in this separate glass kli. So some of the posts can want to suggest that you're not mekayim any sort of hidur of having a silver menorah or anything when you're putting the kli into the menorah because it's already in a kli. So the menorah is not the kli that you're lighting it in, the little piece of glass is the kli that you're lighting it in. Okay, there's some that wanted to suggest that way, but there is a discussion. Can you just take, you're in a yeshiva. Sometimes in yeshivas, they, they set up a table, they put they put foil on the table, and everyone takes their candles, and they, you know, if you don't have a, a menorah, they take a candle, and they melt the bottom, and they just stick it onto the foil. So you'll say the mitzvah that way. That's an interesting discussion in the post. I remember Rav Shechter told us once. <laughs> it was a funny... You just Baker, didn't you just need one candle for? A yeah, yeah, but can can you? Does it have to be in a kli? Meaning oil, the ner that 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 whenever Chazal use the word ner, it's a big misconception. There are certain words in Chazal that don't translate well into English. Ner doesn't mean candle. What that means is those little pottery things that you see in the shuk when you uh, when you're too lazy to when you go through shariyafa when you're too lazy to walk around the long way and you want to go through the shuk and take your life into your hands. So they, they have those uh, those those pottery things that they sell all over the place where you could pour a little oil in and you put a wick in it. That's what a ner is. The ner is is the kli. So the ner has to be has to be in a, 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 a there are those that argue ner has to be a clear. Shachta told us once he was sitting in shir and he was saying shir and someone comes into the room and says I have a message for you from Rav Salvechik and he said yeah what is Rav Salvechik it was when Rav Salvechik was alive otherwise it would have been really impressive <laughs> so he was uh, he have a message message from Rav Salvechik says yeah says Rav Salvechik says tell 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 Rav he's crazy. So he says, okay, <laughs> what did I do? Why, why, why tell me I'm crazy? He said, because last night Salvechik was lighting in, 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 the, in his apartment in the dormitory where they had over there, and he was lighting the, uh, the candle, and he realized he didn't have a menorah, so he stuck the candle down on the windowsill, and he melted, and someone said to him, Rav Shechter said that you're not allowed to do that, so that you have to have a menorah. So Rav Salvechik's respectful response was, tell Shechter he's crazy, that there's a, <laughs> he never heard of such a thing. It's machlok as a poskim. So there are sheetos on both sides. I know the Mishnah doesn't really... It doesn't, really feel doesn't like say anything about yeah. that. Yeah, the has such a tshuva. I saw that they just came, I think it just came out, I just saw for the first time, they Shevet Alevi on Chanukah, Ravazna, they put together all the Ravazna's Piskei Alacha and tshuvas and shiurim on Chanukah. So he has an essay on that piece, he has a discussion on that issue, and he thinks not like the Avni Nezer also. He thinks it's a Dover Pashut, that it's okay. But again, that's not going to be our issue, because over here, that would be one of the issues over here. When they have these uh, scented candles, they don't have a clear to put the scented candle in, they're just going to put the scented candle out. So I, I just bought a Sefer the other day. Um, as as uh, we've quoted many times before, Yusuf Zilberstein has these very fun svarim, these uh, 
Pesukei Chemed and Varevna. They're not the most thorough chuvos, but the the, the shailos are, are a lot of fun. And uh, and and he has, you know, the, his point is not to write a thorough series of shailos and chuvos. He writes in Nakdama to every single one of them. It's to give a geshmak to the Torah. It's to give a geshmak to the learning. You're learning a difficult daf in Yevamos. You open up a Chasukei Chemed, and he has a funny shaila that makes it a little more a little more exciting, a little more interesting. So anyway, he has a Chasukei Chemed on Hanukkah that just came out, so I, uh, I bought it, and the second Shaila in the whole Sefer is pump this Shaila about using scented candles. I thought I'd be the only one that ever got such a Shaila by using scented candles on, on Hanukkah. So he writes, the Mishabur gives two reasons why it's also L'shtamish L'orah, why we're not allowed to use the or of Ner Hanukkah. Number one, he says, Kedeshiye Nikershu Ner Mitzvah L'farse Manes, so that it should be recognizable, this is Ner Mitzvah, if it's an or that you're using, then it's not going to be Nikr, that it's a Ner Mitzvah, it's not going to be mefarsim the nace properly. And the second reason is kivan shal yedei nace shenasa b'menora tiknua asua kimenora shein mishtamshim baklal. Since they were masaking this, al yedei the nace that happened with the menorah, so it should be like the menorah and just like the menorah. They were not mishtamish with the menorah. They didn't use the or of the menorah, so we're not mishtamish with the or of the nerchanika. Either. So Zilberstein writes that when it comes to the second reason that you're not allowed to use the or because Dumya de Menorah, he says it would seem Dafka Hishtamshus is Asr, but not Hana'a. They didn't use the light, and that's what they tried to be medame to the menorah. That just like they didn't use the light that emanated from the menorah, we don't use the light that emanates from our Ner Hanukkah. But it's not a formal Isser Hana'a. Hana'a may be permissible. So the Hana'a of the, of the Reach, he suggested, is, uh, is permissible. And he says, that's what the Mishabur writes. If you look in Tafresh, Ayin Gibel Sivkat Niral, the Mishabur writes, Vidafka Bazeh. The tzdafka, when it comes to uh, counting your money uh, by the by the or shehu al kol panim tash misharai avol kol sheino mishamish klum rashi leishev bebeisal mishashin erchanika dolakas. Let's say you're sitting in your living room. The erchanika is in the window in your living room, and it, it adds like a certain ambiance to the room. It makes it really nice to sit there when you have the erchanika there. I'm not counting my money. I'm not reading a book. I'm not. I'm just sitting there. I'm enjoying it. There's, I'm, I'm enjoying the, 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 the uh, I'm there and it's providing light and it's nice that it's providing light and that it provides just the right amount of light, not too much light, and it just feels nice. That's fine, says the Mishabura. That's not about I, but isn't that a Hana? It's Kishmak. No, it's a, it's a real Hana. But no, he says, it's not, it's not, it would not be a violation, even though you were being Nen from the Ner, because otherwise you'd be sitting in the, in the darkness. Nevertheless, that's, that would be Mutter. So certainly, according to that second reason, it would be Mutter. And he quotes the Sharetzian over there, and Osiralov says that to go by the Or of the Ner, to make sure that you don't trip, you, you don't have to close your eyes. I mean, if you're walking by the, uh, the Neros Hanukkah, you don't have to say, ah, I can't be Mishnah Mishlora, and just, you know, trip over yourself. You're allowed to see where you're going, even though you're, you're going with the, with the Neros Hanukkah, because walking could be done in the dark also. So that which you nend from the R, which you would have walked anyway, that's not called being Mishnah Ba'ora. That's not called using the R. So, and then Rav Zilberstein says, Ubeprat binyanenu, she'en nene me'aneratzmo. You're not being nana from the candle itself, what as far as someone said over here. You're really not being nana from the nair, you're being nana from the, the uh, sweet smelling fragrances that they added to the nairos. Yeah, yeah, the, no? Okay, all right, sometimes that happens. Um, 
Then he goes on to say, what about the first reason though? The first reason the Mishnah gave us why it is that it's also l'shay mishla ora is kedeshe nikr shu ner mitzvah lefarsei manes. Don't use the candle, don't use the light of the candle, because it has to be recognizable that it's there to be mefarsim So He says, that, yesh la'ayin. If the derech is, he apparently also doesn't know exactly uh, what people use this for, but if the derech is to light these neros for the, the, the fragrance that it's going to create, and there is no makom yuchad where you put these neros, it's wherever you put them, they, uh, they, they emit a smell, so the chora, it's not going to be clear to whoever's in the room that you lit it the shame ner Hanukkah. They're going to assume you lit it for whatever reason you normally light these neros. Meaning, even if you put it in a low spot, you put it in a low but it's not being used for light anyway. No one uses it for light. No one uses uh, scented candles for light. They use scented candles for the scent. That's the whole kunz of them. And for the scent, you could put it anywhere and it's going to create the same, uh, the same scent. So he says, so if it's in a Chanukiah, if you put it in a menorah, so then it's okay. Because then everyone understands that it's in a Chanukah. And what if you don't? What if you don't put it in a menorah? So, so again, I didn't think that that was a, uh, that that's, that's a ma'akiv. That, uh, you know, even according to that first reason, that if people are going to think that you lit it for, uh, for some other reason, like we said before, who are the people? They're the people in the hotel room anyway who already, who already know the reason they lit it for. What does the Gemara say? That Bishasa Sakana, where did they put their Neros Hanukkah? That's a very normal place but to have. clearly says you need another light. Yeah, you need a light because you're not supposed to be nana from the Neros Hanukkah, right? But you don't have to no, put it... As, dafka. A hacker, as a hacker, that this is for the mitzvah. Yeah, but you don't have to dafka put it in a place that's not a normal place to put Neros Hanukkah. Right, so sure, the fact that there's no hacker. place that's not a normal place to put the scented candle is not necessarily ma'akiv over here. You just need mm-hmm. some sort of hacker. But, uh, so that's a perfectly good hacker. I said, get a shamash. Buy two, two scented candles. One will be your, uh, your mitzvah, and the other one will be your shamash. The same way that we use a shamash to be nana from the Neros Hanukkah in general, to use the, the or of Neros Hanukkah in general. And that, and that works, la lacha. So I, I, didn't, I don't see why it should be any different over here. Get another scented candle. It's also going to produce a smell. All the smell gets mixed in with each other. I, the smell will be a little bit stronger. Yeah, the light's a little bit stronger also, and yet it all still works. Um, how do you find this with Surah of the Mirror? Like, what, you have to have the branches and, and the stem and the face and everything? <laughs> I mean, whatever people associate, that's what they see and they so think that... So, lighting, you know, according to... Uh, the public eye wouldn't recognize the straight menorahs as, as, as the symbol of Hanukkah. Um, meaning like the, the ones with the uh, with the little screws that the kids make? What do they call yeah, those? Yeah. You don't think people would recognize that as a menorah? I think people would recognize that. I don't know. It's hard, it's hard for me to, to see things through the eyes of someone who's... I don't know. I would think so. I would think that. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, but over here it's in a hotel room. No one's outside, no one's seeing anything. Unless they light it by the window of the hotel room, in which so case no one can see that it's a scented right? candle. Everyone's just going to see candles. Meaning if, if somebody puts it next to the window and, and let's say he doesn't put it in a manner where people outside can realize that it's being used for the... Well, usually the there's a candle in the window. I think that's, you know... Well, nowadays, but back then they had, they had all candles. They didn't have but in the window? What? I mean, not in the window. I then they would light outside. That's why you light El Pesach face on the Bakhuts. Maybe it's possible that people outside, when they would smell the scent, they would 
wouldn't know that, meaning they would say, okay, this guy wants a scented smell, and therefore he put it outside, not for so many days. In a, in a menorah, it would work, because people could see it's in a menorah, but extra shaman. Right, so yeah, so you see, it was obviously sensitive to this issue, but I don't see what the choice is, meaning I don't think it's ma'aki of the mitzvah, the fact that someone might, I don't think it's ma'aki of the whole mitzvah, I think uh, one one would be outside in this in this case. Now, if they collide by the window of the hotel, I think that would be obviously much better. It depends what floor they're on, whether it matters, or if there are other buildings nearby. It didn't seem like there were other buildings. It seemed like they were in some sort of remote location. Now, when there are other buildings nearby, it's just interesting. I, I never knew this, but Rav um is, it has Akpadi, he never told me about this, that, uh, you know, there's Machlok Zrishonim, uh, whether the brach of Shasinisim, Shadav the Birch Saroah, Shadav could be made after you row in their Hanukkah, after you see it, or Daf could be made over Las Yasan before you see it. So the Ramah says that you should do it over Las Yasan. And we make all the brachos over Las Yasan, right? So there, Reb Chaim was makbid that on the second night and, 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 and on in Hanukkah, he would make the bracha Lahadlik, light the first candle, then make the bracha Shasanisim, and light the rest of the candles. Because the Shasanisim, that way is Yotich Chaladeos. Because in case you have to see in there Hanukkah first, he saw his first candle lit. And then it was over Las Yasan on all the rest of the candles. So I asked Rav Shechter, what about the first night? Is there anything you could do for the first night? He said, yeah. And if you live in Washington Heights, if you live in a place where there are buildings or there are other people, there are neighbors across the street that have, that have already lit, even though the briskarov is mocked, but he'd go walk home like this with like blinders on to make sure that he doesn't see any other Neres Hanukkah because he was choshisha, it be mechaiv him in that bracha, and he wanted to save the bracha for when, he, for, for when he actually lit. But when you're actually up to lighting on the first night, if your neighbor across the street lit before you, he said, right before you light, look across the street, see his nair, see your neighbor's nair, and then you could say both brachas and you could light the nair. I don't know why that came to mind just now. It has nothing to do with the scented candle. But I just thought that was an interesting, uh, an interesting hakpada that he had. Okay, that was Shaila number one. Shaila number, uh, number two. Uh, not really a Hanukkah-related question, but I was asked it last Hanukkah, and I guess, you know, you'll see it's uh, somewhat, somewhat Hanukkah-related. Um, a... Um, yeah, a, a fellow who is a bentora and works very long hours, works in finance, I think, and he keeps a very, very strong learning schedule and is very interested in reading books about Jewish history and the history of from communities. It's uh, one of his uh, hobbies. So he has a particular interest in Hasidic communities because he's from a Hasidic uh, background. So somebody bought him a book for a Hanukkah present, that's why. Hanukkah. Someone bought him a book for a Hanukkah. That's all connection with Hanukkah. But the book was bought for a Hanukkah present, and the book looks very interesting. It's called Untold Tales of the Hasidim, Crisis and Discontent in the History of Hasidism. Anyone familiar with this book? Not either. Crisis and Discontent in the History of Hasidism. So what does that sound like it's going to be? So he says, yeah, he's certain that it's a well-researched account of many secrets of Hasidim throughout the years, but he's equally certain that much of the book will contain very unflattering information about Hasidim, and he wants to know if it's permissible to read such a book in light of the Yisr against uh, listening to Lashon Hara. Totally So it's interesting. This is the kind of thing. This is the kind of thing where if you see someone reading a book like this, you don't think, "Oh my God, what an Avarian, what a what a Russia reading this." You just think, "Okay, he has eclectic interest, you know. Okay, that's nice." You don't even think of it as being an issue. But once someone asks the Shaila and you actually start thinking about it, you say, 
well, wait a second, we really need to be careful about what we read. How do we ever read a newspaper? You know, the team lost the game because of this guy. <laughs> That's horrible Lashonara <laughs> about this, you know, and, and obviously it gets a lot worse. Every Jewish newspaper, how do you, how do you even function? How do, you, uh, how do you read about any of these things? And the truth is, the kash is much better than the tarots. What are the heterim for Lashonara? So there are a couple of heterim out there for, for Lashonara that we're familiar with. What heterim might apply over here? I Dafka chose this book. No, I didn't choose this guy. Chose this book, but I Dafka said the name of this book because I was pretty confident that no one would be that familiar with it. But let's not stay away from uh, from books that we're all familiar with. But but um, the the yeah, what were you trying to say? No, so, so there are certain books that even though it would take much better. Ah, so one, one, one major heter for Lashonar is Toelis. Whenever there is a Toelis. Now, one has to be very careful with that heter also. What's called a Toelis, right? If, uh, you know, a lot of times people get it all wrong. They think that a Toelis, they get, they get it all they get it backwards. They assume that if someone's calling about a Shidduch, you know, so it's only their most important decision they're going to make in their entire life. So I don't want to stir the Shidduch, so I'm not going to say that the guy did time in jail and that he's, uh, you know, I don't want to stir the Shidduch. But if, uh, if it comes to just schmoozing with my friends, so then uh, it's okay, it's time schmoozing, it's not so important, so it's okay, I can say as much Lashonara as I want. It's so obviously, you know, the halach is the exact opposite. When there's a significant toelas, when there's something that needs to be known, so then, uh, then there is a heter when it's a toelas. But how we define toelas is very important. And also, even when there is a toelas, Chavetz Chaim writes, you're not supposed to then, oh, there's a toelas, I have to start the shidduch. I'm going to tell you everything. You know, I, I, you can go down the whole list of everything this guy ever so did wrong and everything. <laughs> what? You waited so long. <laughs> right, right. It's like, you're not supposed to do that either. Roshach used to give the example. If the girl calls you up and she says, should I uh, go out with this boy? And you know that this girl has a hang-up that, uh, that if uh, the boy, uh, that she will only date boys who read the New York Times cover to cover every single day. She has this, uh, this thing in her head. The guy happens to be an ex-murderer and a cheater and a liar and everything. You don't have to say that he's an ex Well, he's an ex-murderer, maybe you want to say, but you may want to get that under control. But you don't have to say that he's a, a cheater and a liar and this and that. You could just say, he doesn't read the New York Times cover to cover every day. And if you know that's all it's going to take, so good. So that's all you have to say. You don't have to say everything. Now, you don't always know what it's going to take. But if you, if you happen to know that that's all it's going to take. Did I mention I had a Shiloh with the, with the guy who was in jail? They tell you this, Shaila? Maybe I'll save that for a different time. <laughs> so yeah. I've got to save something for other, for other weeks. Yeah? Um, I'm not sure the exact header is if, if something is already like, publicly well-known, um, like whether you can, you can hear Lashonara about that. Ah, so the so other... Yeah, so the other major heter, and this is one that, that, that it's much more relevant to this, because to say toelas, what's a toelas? So I can know which Rebbe did what Avera 200 years ago? That's not really a toelas. What's, uh, so what's the, 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 the much more relevant heter over here is that once it's already widely known, that there's not going to be an issue of Lashon Hara. Where does that, where does that come from? So where's the Sugi and Shas about Lashon Hara? Where's the Masechus Lashon Hara? Ah, so there is no Maseches Lashon Hara, obviously. Uh, there are a couple of Dapim Maseches Erechin, a little line in the, uh, in the 10th paragraph of Pesachim, Daf Kof Yud Gimel. There's very little bit scattered here and there. That's what they say, the godless of the Chavetz Chaim, it's been pointed out, 
is not so much reflected in the fact that he was able to write a Mishnah When he wrote the Mishnah he was creating Yesh Meyesh. He had a Shulchan Aruch, he had a Taz, he had a Magan Avram, he had an Eliyah Rabbi, he had a Prima Gadim. So all, all, but all he had to do is collect them all, summarize it nicely, and present it in a clear and lucid manner on all of our Achayim. So, but he had what to, but, but he, he had he had what to work with over there. When he when he sat down to write a sefer on lashon hara, no one in history had ever discussed this as a topic. It's unbelievable. No one ever. It wasn't a thing. It wasn't a topic. It was a couple of topics. Yeah, you're not supposed to speak lashon hara. And he mamish created yeshmei He created a whole sefer, a whole topic. And with lambdas, if you if you ever learn chavetz chaim, it's not stam flowery musar. It's every sheet and rishonim, every smag and every sivkatan in the in the nosekelim in the shulchan aruch that ever breathes a word about it with lambdas and analyzing. And what does he mean by this word or by that word? It's unbelievable what he did with. with Anyway, where does it come from? It comes from Gemara and Erechin. Erechin is where, where the primary sugi is. The Gemara says, Amar Rabbah, Erechin Tasvav and Beis, Arachin, if we're going to be uh, technical, Kalmilsa de Misamra Ba'ape Mara, anything that's said in front of the, uh, the guy, Laspa Mishum Lishnabisha. What do you mean that's not Lashanara? That's Chutzpah and Lashanara. Amalei Anak Rabiosi Sfirlei. I never said anything and then backed out and then had to change my mind about anything. Every word was cheshbin. I never said anything where I had to regret what I said later. Think about that for a second. You ever hear of Mayor Tversky speak? I just heard him speak tonight. It's, it's, if, if you ever hear a person who every single word is measured, there's not a, an extra word that comes out of his mouth. And sometimes he talks that way, like he talks so slowly, because you see in his mind he's making sure that it's exactly the right word. That it's, Sometimes he slows down to the point where it's almost like a self-parody, because he's trying to pick exactly the right word. It's an unbelievable myla to be able to say that I never said anything that I later regretted. But the Gemara goes on to say, Amar Rabba Barafuna, Komilsa Demis Amra Ba'apetlasa, Anything that's said in front of three people, lespa mishum lishnabisha, is not a violation of lashon hara anymore. My taima, what's the reason for it? So you know the answer. You know what the Gemara's phrase. It was a famous song. I think Avram Fried maybe. Chavrecha chavre isle vechavre de chavrecha chavre isle. He should uh, sing it to the nigan of uh, of Eicha. No, the way the Gemara says it. What's the Gemara saying? Everyone speaks Lashon Hara. Once it's known, it's going to be known by everybody because everyone's going around talking about everybody else. It sounds nice when you take it completely out of context. This one has a friend and he's friendly with that guy because friends are a nice thing. But not when friends are just talking Lashon Hara one to the other. So that, then it's not as nice a thing. That's the context where, where, that, comes, where that comes up. So Rashi says, why is it Why is three people the gather of what's considered no longer an issue of Lashon Hara. So Rashi writes, Shabaylam Amrua B'fnei Gimel HaMegala Osa HaMegala Osa Eino Lashon Hara Shezeg Gila Tchila Daito Shemegala Osa Eino Choshesh Demediyada Desofoli Galos Meaning clearly the guy who's saying it in the first place doesn't care that it's going to be known. If he cared, he wouldn't have said it in front of three people. So whoever's saying it didn't mind that it be known. What do you get from that, Rashi? 
Yeah, A, that he's talking about himself, something that's, that's in his bylaws to, you know, to determine whether he wants it out there or not. And also, that it's not that three people know it. It's that the Baldover said it in front of three people. He may have said it to one person, and that one person said it to another three people, then this whole thing wouldn't apply. And also, why do I care if the guy is Makbid or not Makbid, if it's something that reflects badly on him, isn't it Lashon Hara anyway? Oh, so says the Chafetz Chaim, what we're dealing with over here is something that could be taken, Bishnei Panim. It's something that could be understood as a negative or understood as a positive. So when the fellow says it in front of three people, he's saying, I view this as a positive, and therefore I think people will take it in a positive light. But if it's something that's clearly meant to be a negative, then the whole hetzer doesn't apply. And that's just from Rashi. That's before the Chavetz Chaim shakes out all the other marmakamas. That's just from Rashi. Marsha writes, well, why isn't two people enough? When it comes to Eidos, two people is enough. What does the Gemara say at the beginning of Ksuvis, the first mission of Ksuvis? That uh, we have the Eidim come to Beisden, Right, we have the husband come to, to Beisden to make a taina so that the word will get out that he made a taina so that two Edom will, uh, will come. Even one guy is enough to, uh, to make a taina. Okay, he's doing that in front of a Beisden. But generally speaking, with Edus, Edus is enough. You only need two people. So he says, yeah, Two people is enough to get the word out when it's not a secret. When it's a secret, then you need to tell three people and the word will be everywhere. It's an amazing marshal. When it's a secret, when everyone knows that it's a secret, that's when th- telling three people is enough to make it that, that the entire world that the entire world will know. So Ramesha Warburger once said, what's a, "What's a secret by the Jewish people? Something that you tell to one person at a time. That's a, a secret." Okay. So the this this heter of the Misam Rape Tlasa. Is uh, is mentioned in in the in the in the Magen Avram, the side of the Shulchan is in the Kufnun Vav. The Magen Avram gives a whole list of things that aren't mentioned anywhere else. Things that uh, you know, it's also an interesting topic to discuss one day. The top ten halachos doesn't have to be ten, but you know, halachos that don't appear in Shulchan Aruch, but are clear halachos. Fam- most famous example, anyone know? Don't don't murder. <laughs> I think it's the, uh, the most famous example is mechitza. Yeah, you have to have mechitza in shul. It doesn't say it anywhere in shulchan aruch. Okay, interesting question. Why not? Says the Chavetz Chaim in Hilchos Lashon Hara Klal Beis Osiud. After going through a whole analysis of this inyan of Kol Nosot the Mesam Ba'Pitlasa, Va'achrei Kol Advarim Va'Emes Ha'Ela Shabiyarnu Re'Eachi Kama Yesh Le'Srachik Mikulazu. After all the dust settles and everything I told you, you should realize how far we have to distance ourselves from ever using this kula. Shekimat ein lamakum b'metzius. It's kimat that it never happens. That there's no metzius where you can where this where all of the conditions necessary for this kula apply. You have to be completely l'shem shemayim. You have to mean it in a positive way. There's, there's no way that all of these conditions are going to apply. Ubeprat. He says it's not even so clear that we pass in this way. Good. And he goes on to say, Everyone knows that 
if word gets around that someone did something that was against the Torah, Bein Shuis or Chamer, Bein Shuis or Kal, Afilu Hachi Asur LeKablo Ulahaminu BeChalata, Rak Lachu Shatzis Bara Davar. You're not allowed to believe it. So I thought Dafka, the way this Shiloh was phrased, made it worse. How did this guy say it? I am certain that the research in this book was impeccable. I am certain that everything I'm going to read here is going to be MS La Amito. Now can I read the Lashonara? So with that certainty, you absolutely cannot read the Lashonara. Because then it's a, it's a violation of being Makabel, the Lashonara. And even Shmias Lashonara, the Chavetz Chaim writes in Klal Vavos Beis, Afal Shmias Lashonara Levad, Gamkin Yishisra Af Minatora. After Beis Hashmiah, in Bedaito Lekabel Asadavar. Even when you hear it, you're not trying to be Makabel. It's also Nisr Minatora. He says, I, Bechazal, whenever they talk about Lashonara, they talk about being Makabel. They don't talk about being Shomeya. What does the Gemara say? In Psachim, Makos, a few places the Gemara says, the Gemara at the very end of Makos, you finally get some Agadita. It's a little bit in the middle also, but the Gemara says that uh, any time that anyone who speaks Lashonara, anyone who's Makabel Lashonara, is Roila Shlichol Leklavim. Third person also, but not Lashnar related. Israel deserves to be thrown to the dogs. But it says Lakabel, it doesn't say Lishmoa. So it says maybe it's okay to be Shemeh as long as you're not Makabel. So he says, not, not so. Even though Chazal used the word Makabel, he writes in the Bermayim Chaim over there on, on, on Lechavz Chaim that Lakabel often means Shemeh. So Milsa Psikta Naktu. Because there are some times where lishmawa is mutter, so he likes to use the more the Chazal use the broader term of lekabel because lekabel is always aser, even in the unique circumstances where lishmawa is mutter. He says v'chipastiu matzasi bezras Hashem raya brural adin zed the aser minatora. He says have a raya that it's aser minatora. Gemara and Shavuos taf lamedal famedal says. That it's also for a Dayan to listen. We discussed this, whenever it was, two weeks ago. We discussed this, this also. You're not allowed to listen to one side of the case before the other party is there when you're dealing with the Choshimishpah case, when you're dealing with Dine Mamanis. That's rule one of Dine Mamanis. Both parties need to be there, right? Rav Kahana Masni Belosisa Velosasi. The very pasuk that the Gemara uses to to derive that din that you're not allowed to hear divrei baldin kodem baldin chaveiro before the other guy is there is the very pasuk that we use to teach us the issue to be makabel lashonara. So don't tell me, says the Chavz Chaim, that makabel means to believe it. Makabel means even to hear it, because by the balei din it's clearly about hearing it. It's not about believing it. You don't know what you're going to believe yet when the Balei Din come. But the Allah is you're not even allowed to hear one of the Balei Din before you hear another, another Balei Din. Okay, there are other uh, fascinating Hanukkah questions, but that's it for tonight. The next... Uh? Yeah, newspapers are a big issue. You have to be very careful with, uh, with what you read. What? A lot, some of the Jewish ones, the, 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 the publishers ask Shilas about what they can and cannot publish. So you should, we should be careful with, with things. What about Israeli politics? What? What about Israeli politics? Israeli politics is much more complicated because that one could really argue is, is I don't know for us, but one could really argue it's, it's a tovelos to be familiar 
with everything that's going on. These are very, very complicated matters. Just as a public service announcement, next week there's no shear, I'm told. So uh, two weeks, next week is off Shabbos or whatever. So yeah. Yeah, so um, 